You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday. We're going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week for the pods. We're going to get three in a row coming at you. We've got a little bit to talk about. The NBA released its rookie survey. Lots of Pelicans names in there. There was a bit of a surprising omission from a former Pelican. Pretty cool to see overall. We'll dive into the results of that. We're going to get to laugh at the Los Angeles Lakers in the second segment. Now with the DeMarcus Cousins injury, which sucks, they're reaching out to one name, which makes a little bit of sense, and one kind of surprising name that's already been there before. So we'll get a laugh in and I'll let you know what's going on there as well. And then we're going to touch on the quote unquote Rich Paul rule, which is now not the Rich Paul rule after the NCAA botched this basically as hard as possible. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, the NBA released its rookie survey. They do this uh, almost annually. They've done it for the past couple of years now, 13 years or so. I think they've done it something like 13 out of 15 or 11 out of 13, something like that. They missed two years. It's just kind of intriguing to kind of see what these rookies think of each other and kind of around the league as a whole. They make a good note that last year in the rookie of the year voting, the first team, not rookie of the year, the all-rookie first team was the first five picks of the draft. And when you look at this, Uh, at least coming out of summer league we don't know if that's going to be the same case this year so they go through a number of categories rookies aren't allowed to vote for themselves college teammates or nba teammates Uh, apparently some still did and then they just discounted those votes so some of the numbers from this kind of get skewed a little bit because this is the 11th time in 13 years there we go that nba.com has run this survey so it starts with who will be the kia rookie of the year Zion Williamson, no surprise, coming in at number one with 35% of the vote. John Morant, 27%. Worth noting that Nikhil Alexander-Walker also got a vote after his very impressive Summer League debut. I don't think this is really any surprise. Zion is the top guy coming in. There's a big gap between him and John Morant. So, yeah, he's probably going to be the number one kind of selection here to win Rookie of the Year after being the first overall selection. This is no real surprise whatsoever so overall cool that's what you really want to see what it gets interesting is in the next question which is which rookie will have the best career zion isn't number one on this he's actually timed for fourth Number one is Cam Reddish in Atlanta, which is a little bit surprising because I think no one, at least that I knew, was particularly that high on him. But it seems that other players think he's very good. And you kind of saw this, that everyone thought he was going way lower than he should have gone in terms of NBA players. So maybe they know something that we don't. John Morant uh, comes in at two. So Cam got 19% of the vote. Morant, 16%. DeAndre Hunter, who technically was selected with the Pelicans, Lakers picks, and then traded to Atlanta, comes in with 11%. Atlanta's got 
two out of the top three guys. R.J. Barrett, Jackson Hayes, Kobe White, and Zion Williamson all tied for 5%. Nikhil Alexander-Walker did also receive some votes in some capacity, at least one vote in this. So overall, cool to see, though, that three New Orleans Pelicans represented on which rookies will have the best career. I think there were 42 rookies that they're using in this survey uh, this year. Next is which rookie will be the was the biggest steal at where he was selected. Not getting a percentage on there, so not in the top three, not in the top like nine guys here, seven guys, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker also received a vote for being the biggest steal at 17 overall. So did, by the way, Jackson Hayes coming in at eight. So being selected eighth and then being considered a steal. Gotta say, someone thinks very highly of Jackson Hayes. Which rookie is the most athletic? This one was kind of fun because Zion Williamson won with 87% of the vote. Jackson Hayes did also get on this list, but didn't come in at two. That was Brandon Clark of the Memphis Grizzlies, who I was really high on at 8%. So we've had a bit of a thing so far, which is the who will have the best career, it not being Zion Williamson, which is somewhat surprising. But here's another one that involves Zion Williamson. It goes, which rookie is the best shooter? He's not in the top five, but Zion Williamson received votes for which rookie is the best shooter. I I don't know what to say to that other than maybe someone was just kind of fucking around with their votes and maybe not taking this seriously, which, hey, you don't need to. Goes Tyler Hero, uh, Kyle Guy, Cameron Johnson, Ty Jerome, and Jordan Poole. And, of course, somehow Zion with the really not great jump shot is on this list. So I don't know if this is one of those things where you need to take it that seriously. It probably tells us just in general what we need to kind of make of the NBA rookie survey here. Which rookie is the best defense? You do have Jackson Hayes tying for number three on the list with 8% of the boat, um, which is just kind of cool to see. No mention of Zion Williamson, even though he was very good defensively at Duke and seems to project very good defensively to the NBA. So kind of a big surprise right there. In terms of which rookie is the best playmaker, you've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker coming in at five. 8% 8% of the vote, John Morant getting 40%, Darius Garland 2, 15%, and then Ty Jerome and Kobe White with 10% at 3, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Again, the Pelicans rookies are just all over this list entirely, which is pretty cool to see. What will be the biggest adjustment for you playing in the NBA? They say speed or pace of the game, which, yeah, sounds about right. The uh, you know Partially, the court is a little bit bigger. You play much faster. The Shot clock's lower than it is in college. That takes a big adjustment. I think they said they ran the numbers to see all of this. Um, And here it is. According to the great Ken uh, Pomeroy, the average pace in NCAA Division I was just 69 possessions per 40 minutes last year. When adjusted for a 48-minute game, that would be um, it's 82.8 possessions per 48 minutes. That would be almost 18 possessions uh, per 48 slower than the average NBA pace. 18 more possessions is a lot of more possessions in a game. So these guys do kind of make not in a, a big jump in the number of possessions per game, but also number of games played. So it can be a big adjustment for those guys. They also say the most important skill you need to develop shooting. This is no surprise in the modern day NBA that shooting, shooting, shooting is really important. Ball handling comes in with half of that uh, compared to it. So it's a big, big jump. An interesting one that doesn't mention someone in this is 
Who's your favorite player in the league? LeBron James, no real surprise, wins with 38% of the vote. Kevin Durant, 20%. Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, 8% each. Devin Booker, James Harden tie for fifth with 5%. Jordan Crawford got, or sorry, Jamal Crawford got votes. Paul George got votes. CJ McCollum, Pascal Siakam, and Russell Westbrook also got votes. And then two retired guys, Kevin Garnett, and Steve Nash, neither of which are in the league, also received votes. No Anthony Davis on that one, which, okay, no real big surprise there, I guess. But you would think some big might kind of really like him, but I guess not. So we'll see how that all goes. So that is the rookie survey. No real shockers in there other than maybe these guys don't know a whole lot um, when it comes to certain things. Why is Zion Williamson not on the best defensive uh potential there list why is he considered one of the better shooters unless you're counting just he dunks the ball at the rim but I don't think that's really what that is supposed to imply so a little bit surprising kind of goes to show you when like players vote for others their colleagues their peers their teammates for the all-star game when they get votes and it doesn't really make a lot of sense like Mello last year shouldn't have been getting all-star votes maybe you guys don't take these things that seriously when it's the players kind of on up in a little bit we should be getting the GM survey too which will be very cool to see so we've got some fun times for the league pulling itself and kind of seeing how they feel about things So we're going to get to laugh at the Los Angeles Lakers in a minute. But before we get to that, football season is back. Uh, The Saints winning their second preseason game against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers. That's still weird to me. But that also means fantasy football is back. And all of you fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years experience doing this, covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff that everyone else is. You don't get an edge that way. You're just doing the same things that they're doing. You've got to get that edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and ahead all season long. Win that money, win those bragging rights, and pride over your friends. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, let's laugh at the Los Angeles Lakers. So, no, we're not laughing that DeMarcus Cousins went down because that really does suck, and it's a shame to see that happen to him, and you never want to root for injuries, even if it's to a guy that might have pissed you off, even if he plays for a basketball team that might have really pissed you off how they went about their business. But that doesn't mean we can't laugh at the situation that they find themselves in now a little bit where there's not a whole lot out there, and Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center. We know that. I think that's one of the big reasons they wanted to sign DeMarcus Cousins, that same DeMarcus Cousins that some people wanted you to believe he didn't want to play with in New Orleans. No, he was fine with it. Anyway, besides the point, uh, so they're looking at the center market and it's pretty slim pickings right now. It's just slim pickings in general because it's the center market in the NBA, which is nothing all that good anymore. And you don't really need that. AD should be playing the five. He just doesn't want to. So who are the Los Angeles Lakers looking at? Well, the first name makes a little bit of sense to me. Not much, though. That's Joakim Noah, uh, who most recently played with the Memphis Grizzlies and I had to look this up to see if he was a free agent or still on the roster of a team he's not this is the guy who signed that massive deal um, with the New York Knicks and then they decided to use the stretch provision on him they're still paying him six and a half million a year basically through the 2021-22 season he signed with the Memphis Grizzlies
Grizzlies for a one-year minimum contract last year, but he's still getting paid by the Knicks, and whatever team signs him can basically pay him a little bit less because he's making $6.5 million from the Knicks not to be there anymore. So the Lakers are looking at him, which makes a little bit of sense because he's kind of that defensive center, can make things a little bit easier for Anthony Davis, doesn't really need to be an option on offense for you, but at the same time, I don't know how good he is anymore. Last season with the Grizzlies, he's played 41 games, started one of them, averaged 16 and a half minutes, 7.1 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, did it on pretty decent shooting since he's really only taking shots around the rim, put up those seven points on 5.1 shots, so it's not horrible efficiency, just kind of is what it is, but you know, I don't know if he can really defend at a high level. I don't know if he can really even give you 15 minutes per game anymore. I think that might be a big jump for him. But at least it's a body. It's an established NBA guy uh, that doesn't really have a history of like destroying locker rooms. So that's good. But man, when you're looking at him, that doesn't mean things are going well. The funnier name on the list is also now currently employed by the Memphis Grizzlies. And it was tweeted out by Shams of The Athletic that the Grizzlies had given the Los Angeles Lakers permission to speak to him. And that's Dwight Howard. I, I legit thought that this dude was a free agent and completely forgot he had been traded this offseason or something like that because he, you just don't think about him anymore like the way we used to. And this is a guy who is a bona fide NBA Hall of Famer and is such an afterthought now with how his career has gone since he went to the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2012-2013 season. Um, and basically, it's kind of gone downhill from there. He was an absolute monster for the first five years he played in Orlando. This guy was regularly on the all-defensive team, defensive player of the year, could easily get you like 15 and 15 in a game, and holds career averages, by the way, of 17.4 points per game and 12.6 rebounds per game, and he does it shooting almost uh, over 58% from the field. Dude in his prime was so freaking good and just could never really put it together. I don't know why I said five years in Orlando, who was there for longer, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Maybe that's the time they made the playoffs. Um, and I'm looking at the wrong stats. Played with the Lakers for one year, then signed with the Houston Rockets. And uh, they didn't really like him. Ended up going to Atlanta, then to Charlotte, and then to the Washington Wizards last year, where he played very minimally, dealing with a whole lot of injuries. Uh, by the way, wow, that's a crazy number. He's played 140, or sorry, 100, 1,044 games in the NBA. He started 1,043. He's got one non-start in his entire career, which is kind of surprising to see. He was so good and is now just kind of a joke of a player, a guy who you think doesn't really try, been dealing with a lot of injuries. You know, if you could get anything out of him, I think there's still a ton of potential there. This is a guy in 25 and a half minutes last season, put up 12 and 9. 13 and 9, if you want to round. It's not bad. He was a monster defensively, can maybe do it, but if he's not healthy, he's not going to give you a whole lot. And the jokes really write themselves. Plus, this guy, alongside Anthony Davis and uh, Demarcus Cousins, who may be around. Uh, plus LeBron James, I don't know. The personality thing is kind of a big issue here, but this is who they're looking at. Like, this is all they can do at this point. Not very good if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. If you're Los Angeles Lakers fans, you've kind of been burned by Dwight Howard before. I'm curious to see how they'll respond to him, but 
Ugh, just not good all around for the Lakers. But hey, this is how it goes. Injury's part of the game. We know that Lakers team, with uh, LeBron having the worst injury of his career last year, with AD being AD, who's less injury prone than he has been in the past, but he is injury prone. You're one or two injuries away from maybe missing the playoffs. Having to go after Dwight Howard, his injury history, having already dealing with the DeMarcus Cousins injury, they are not off to a very good start. So we're going to touch on the NCAA and the Rich Paul rule, which is really like the story's past, but this more just gives me an excuse to kind of yell at the NCAA and probably tell you what you already know, which is they're really bad at public relations and rolling things out and really just thinking through problems as a whole. But we'll touch on it. It's kind of a dead period in the NBA here. Still kind of. It is a dead period in the NBA. Before we get to that, though, again, it is still football season and the new Locked On NFL podcast is absolute fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows just in the country, all podcasts in general, and when you've got the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and host Brian Peacock, Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL. You get to catch up on anything you might have missed. I know there's some hardcore football fans out there watching every single minute of every single game, but you probably miss one or two things. These two guys, Brian and Matt, have it all covered for you, particularly with Matt unique take on the game. Follow the Locked On NFL podcast now wherever you get your podcasts from. So we're going to do this pretty quick here. The NCAA, I don't know, a week or so ago now, rolled out a rule for only for players who were just testing the NBA app. You can now put your name in, kind of test the waters, and then if you decide you don't like it, bounce back to the NCAA even after you've hired representation, which wasn't the case before, or at least retained representation before. So this doesn't apply to guys who are like Zion Williams, who's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to the NBA. He can pick his agent, whoever he wants, but the new rules were out there to to maybe help these guys get someone to be an advisor who could give them a better decision. They put in certain th- rules that make a lot of sense. Three years accreditation with the um, NFL Agents Association, whatever the hell that's called. Uh, however long it is, oh, you've got to take a written test at NCAA headquarters, so you've got to go there, which is in Indianapolis. Probably it's kind of just like a financial check of some of these guys. Make sure they have some money and aren't just kind of desperate and kind of willing to do whatever. And then all Also, um, they made it so that you needed to have a bachelor's degree. That was the issue here. Rich Paul, who grew up kind of, I guess, on I don't know. I've read a lot about him. I don't know. I don't want to say this wrong. It sounds like he grew up basically on the streets of Cleveland or Akron in a very poor neighborhood, more or less just kind of like hustling to make money and survive. And LeBron James met him at an airport when Rich Paul was going from place to place selling knockoff or throwback NBA jerseys, NFL jerseys too, I guess. They became good friends. And basically now Rich Paul became his agent and is one of the more powerful men in the NBA. Uh, running clutch sports as an agent, but he doesn't have a bachelor's degree. So making that a requirement uh, seems to preclude guys like Rich Paul from kind of getting into this game. I think it's interesting because not everyone can be a good NBA player or a college level player, but you have a lot of people who probably look up to Rich Paul and go, wow, look at him. I can get there too, even if you don't have a bachelor's degree, which I think is a very good thing. You want people kind of being that, um, you know, ambitious, I guess, for things. So to put that in there is really stupid because we've seen crooked agents before who have bachelor's degrees. So I get some of these requirements are to protect these guys. They don't land with someone who kind of pushes them for their own gain and not the client's gain, not the player's gain. 
But I don't know if a bachelor's degree is really the way to rule that out. I know some people who are awful humans. They have bachelor's degree. You probably know some bad people who have bachelor's degrees too. Some selfish people with bachelor's degrees. It's just such a stupid thing to make a requirement that I really don't understand why they did it. Rich Paul said, and he wrote an, uh, an op-ed for The Athletic that ran it, and like something four hours later, the NCAA removed that requirement from this. Said, I believe the three-year accreditation, that's a good thing. The test, good thing. Just don't make it so you need to have a bachelor's degree because you preclude people who just don't have access to it. And unfortunately, not everyone is able to do so. So... It's really interesting to kind of see how they walk this back. That's after they put out two statements, basically doubling down on it at one point. And it was just dumb overall. There's no need for this. I think Rich Paul is good and gets what he wants for his clients. We all know this is what AD wanted. It is not Rich Paul costing him money just for what Rich Paul wants. It's what AD wants. That's how things go. I truly, truly believe that. But... You know, I get why they want to protect some of these college-age kids a little bit more who maybe aren't making the, you know, uh, you don't want them to be around someone who's not looking out for their best interests, which I think Rich Paul does. What's also silly about this is Rich Paul really wasn't going after these guys. I know he's kind of linked to one earlier in the year, but overall, he's going after bigger guys. He's not going after guys to be his clients who are maybe going to test the waters for the NBA. He wants to sign first-round picks. He doesn't want guys who may or may not go in the second round. He wants lottery picks. So this doesn't even really apply to him that much. He's also got clutch sports where screw it. Hire a guy who's got that three-year accreditation, accreditation, whatever you say with it, plus a bachelor's degree. And then you can, you know, you all think he's a puppet master anyway. You can just run the, the player through that guy. Like there's so many easy ways around this in the NCAA. I don't know. Just didn't think it through, made dumb decision after dumb decision, and then eventually just looked like a fool walking it all back. So that's what happened with that yesterday. If you didn't want to uh, read or hear all about it because it was in the news constantly for a couple of days.